With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? Your man Ike Jones here. Another morning drop. It is fe- it's already February. February 1st, 2023, man. We're talking impact players in year two here at Auburn, man. We want to know who do you all think is going to be stepping up to the plate in their second season on the planes? Without further ado, let's get straight to it, man. Let's drop it on them. That's right, Morning Drop, sponsored by The Rogue Shop. We are here, your man Ike Jones, my guy B-Will. Yeah, yeah. Morning Drop time. How you feeling this morning, B? Doing all right, man. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah, man. Can't lie, man. You know, literally breaking fast, because <clears throat> you were talking about this off of camera, is the, yeah. using the very literal break fast situation. It's time. Uh, it, it intermittent fasting is that how is that how we're doing the the thing right that's, now? That's, that's how it goes, man. It is. Uh, I am too lazy to work out, and I don't really have time, mm. even if I wanted to. So I got to get it in other ways because I can't get fat. I don't, don't want to get fat, so I'm trying to keep it under control. You know what I'm saying? I actually have started back working out myself, trying to shed a little weight. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> okay, brother, getting old, spoken so like a man with no infants in the house. I feel you. Yeah. Oh, nah. My my son is at school, so I get to wake up in the morning, get him out of the house, and get straight into my workout morning before we jump on here at the morning drop, man. But we appreciate you guys jumping on here with us. Today, we are talking offense year two. Go ahead and share the video. Bring some more people into the conversation, man. We want to get as many of the Auburn family in here talking about year two on the offense. We already talked about defense. A lot of guys on defense. Not that many. We were sitting here talking about it. Really, there's not a lot of guys to choose from. You yeah. literally have the freshmen that came in last year on offense, talking about Amari Kelly, Camden Brown, Jay Fair, um, Damari Austin, Michael Riley Ducker. That's it, right? Yeah. You have those freshmen. Then you have Coy Moore in year two. Who are you looking forward to seeing the most on offense, taking the step in year two in this offense, really becoming a go-to person for our team? Well, I'm I'm looking well, at Cam. Actually, Robbie Ashford. I'm tripping. I didn't say Robbie That's Ashford. Right. It's year two with Robbie. So hey. I think the obvious answer for most people would be Robbie because he's the incumbent starter. But is there anybody else besides Robbie that you want to say? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. Robbie's a little. He's pretty obvious. Oh, so I'm also tripping. Holden, Holden Garrett is a. Yeah, I'm, both what, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Forgetting about 
the two quarterbacks that could be uh answer for this. I don't know, man. I, uh, maybe maybe the workout drained all of my <laughs> mental uh, abilities. I I did just start working out, so I yeah. You know, anyway, I continue. QB is a really really obvious position and we're going to mm-hmm. have our time to to hash that out as the spring, you know, we get into spring and spring practices, but I am looking at Camden Brown more so than the mm-hmm. other wide receivers. More so than um, Damari Austin, because Damari Austin is going to be behind a guy who we already know is a stud. So, yes, he could have an impact, but I don't think it'll be the impact that um, Camden Brown could have. Because, number one, he already got on the field. So, he went ahead and we ripped the the, the plastic off of him already. So, he's gotten on the field. He's gotten some, some SEC snaps. He's got a touchdown to his name already. I think this is the year where... Physically, he was already primed, and, and that was the thing that stood out the, to, to everybody in fall mm. camp especially was this guy's like grown up strong. Like this is an adult playing football. This is not a high school kid right here. He's already got that checked off his list. I'm, I'm sure the strength training will, will improve that even more, but I want to see how Hugh Freeze uses this big body wide receiver. We went out and got another big body wide receiver in Nick Martiner. We know that Landon King came back, but is it? I think Camden Brown is physically the most outstanding receiver that we have. I want to see this man high pointing balls o- over people. I want to see him with some wide radius catches. I want to see him stiff arming people into hell. I want to see him um, get the. I want to see this offense get the ball into his hands and have him do some outstanding things. We didn't. We were robbed of that because of of how poorly the offense was playing last year. In addition to Robbie's injury, so. I want to see Camden Brown. Uh, if we're saying who do I think, it'll probably it'll probably be. I mean, it'll be Robbie. You know, it, of course it'll be Robbie. He's he, of course he's the prime to get the most touches of anybody on the team. Yeah, but Camden Brown. If, is what if, I if see. Robbie is not a great player for us next year, we're in a bad position offensively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unless we got some true gold back there with with Holden Garrett. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We just don't know it yet. But yeah, Camden Brown is the one where I, I'm with you and Mike on Jay Fair because. He just seems like a very, very mature guy. Um, like he already knows what he needs to be doing, whether it's in the offense or off the field. I just don't think you keep a guy like that off of the field for too long. But he's got some fighting to do because Javarius Johnson was incredibly productive for the little bit of the time that we were throwing the ball downfield. I don't think you're going to usurp Javarius Johnson. You're not going to get him out of his spot, at least not quickly. Camden Brown can make an impact game one. So that's my pick. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, listen, um, we are you already talked about one of the guys I'm a big fan of in Jay Fair, but I to me, this is you know, we always talk about contract years in professional sports. Mm-hmm. The guy playing their contract year is Coy Moore. Yep. I think Cole Moore it needs to have a big season this season. I think Coy Moore wants to have a big season this season. He came in last year thinking he was going to revolutionize the wide receiver position at Auburn. Mm-hmm. This year, he's going to actually have that opportunity, I think, right. to be a guy that can be that 800 to 1,000-yard receiver for Auburn as a uh, just a reliable outlet guy, you know, third down, crisp route running, you know, catch it on a, on the quick slant type of guy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, play breaks down. He's going to make himself available mm-hmm. player. He can be that guy for this team this year. I think it's a lot's going to come down to the the um, 
the chemistry that he's able to build with the quarterbacks in this offseason and making sure that they understand what they need to be doing in this offense. But to me, I think Coy Moore is the guy that he's the he's the one that he can't afford for this to be a miss. Right. He's already used his transfer, right? So unless he's going to graduate and then transfer somewhere else or uh, you know, take a, an additional year. This is the year for him, even though, I mean, he's got eligibility, so I'm not pretending as if this is the last year that he could possibly play college football. Right. I think this is the last year he wants to play college football. Right. I think right. he wants to have a dynamic season this year and go take his talents to the NFL. So for me, because of that, I want to put Coy Moore in that spot, not because I think he's the best receiver on this team, not that I think he's the most talented. I think we have had a lot of talent in that room, but I think it means that much more to Coy, no pun intended, um, <laughs> for it to be a big year for him this season. So he's the guy that I want to go with there. Um, secondarily, I, I have to use uh, the running back position um, just okay. because I think Damari Austin is – uh, he's extremely talented and he's extremely hungry. Now, I do understand with Petit um, coming in that he might have less carries than you know he had anticipated, but I think he's going to be a strong person to be able to come in and do some of that special teams lift. That right, right? so like maybe he and Petit are going to be the the kick returners now and let Jarquez Hunter be running back, right? Like, because right. last year, Tank wasn't returning kicks. Tank was, he was running back. Right. Tank wasn't covering kicks. He was a running back. Right. Right. I think this year, Jarquez Hunter steps into that role. And then Damari Austin, you know, kick, you know, kickoff return. He's going to be supplemental back. Third downs. Still running maybe some, um, there, there aren't, there weren't a lot of, um, speed sweeps in the offense that I looked at under the the, right. the two offensive play callers, but he could still continue to do that kind of role. I think that that's something I can see Damari Austin stepping into him being more of an impact player allowed to get more touches in that way. So those are the two that I'm going to go with Coy Moore, Damari Austin, because for me, I also think that Damari Austin's a guy who feels like he has a lot to prove. Right. You know, right. Uh, we did an interview. We, we've interviewed both of those guys. Um, in the Damari Austin interview, he said specifically, I want to be, quote unquote, one of them ones. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that you look back at and you're like, oh, that was a guy right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this is the year where he wants to start to prove that so that he can make his ascension into third season NFL prospect. They're going to be looking at him and saying, oh, RBU that that Auburn is, he's the next guy up, right? So you're yeah. going to have this succession from Tank to Jarquez to Damari, and that's what Damari Austin wants to position himself to be this year. I think he's going to be able to step up and do that and show why he deserves to have running back one reps next season. Yeah, and and I think that we're, we're set up really well for that. You had Jarquez on, on year two while Tank flirted with the idea of leaving, but he came back, and what it did was it, it laid out a clear path of succession. To from Tank to Jarquez. This is Jarquez's year three. He's already shown really well in year two. This is his money year. And give Damari some more responsibility now. You don't give him the whole workload. Well, you know what? Next year, that's your time. So this is your transition from in here, get my feet wet, to next year is my time. I'm taking this over. This is where he gets to flash. This is where he gets to make uh, the, the, the expectations go up. Like Jarquez has all our expectations high because of how he performed in year two. So I agree. Uh, I think DeMar is going to be a very good player. And I just, I still wonder, 
are there enough snaps mm. for him to do that? I think Batie is a great get, and we needed another back because he's a, he's got a different skill set. And I like the idea of him taking some some return responsibilities off of our running backs. I, I prefer our, our three down backs to be three down backs, and that's something that we've actually done pretty well with here recently. Is um, the last four years, starting with Tank, we've gotten backs that can stay on the field three downs and we were kind of having some trouble with that um at, at one point but yeah yeah this Damari is going to be special and i just hope that he gets enough action for him to be okay staying here now he seems very pro auburn go auburn some guys are pro themselves and mm-hmm. then pro auburn when it's when it's good for them but Damari, he was one of those rare ones where as soon as he committed he was right for auburn he was he was he was on board with us he wanted to be here when the coaching change happened. He never wavered. Like his, he's just been all in from day one. So I want to see him get his opportunity to make an impact. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you root for um, just off of what you see from his work ethic, what you see from his demeanor. He seems like the kind of guy that is supposed to win. And you want to see him win in an Auburn uniform for sure. Because as you said, he was such a big advocate for trying to, you know, pull this recruiting class together and get more talent to come down to the Plains to play with him because he felt like he could be the bell cow back for an Auburn school, uh, for an Auburn offense. Mm. And he wanted to surround himself with more talent so that they could go win championships together. Uh, So he's a guy that I definitely want to see win, not just because he's in an Auburn uniform. You know, I liken it to somebody like, you know, and I, I know I've been poking fun on social media at Bama fans, but I liken it to a Jalen Hurts almost where it's like, he's just kind of a a guy that you just, you just want to see him win because he seems like a genuinely good guy. And regardless of where he's playing football, you want to see a guy like that win. Um, So, you know, I definitely am looking forward to seeing some great returns from Damari Austin's hard work and a lot of the positive energy he's putting out there for the program. Wool Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The Wool Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. Now here's the rest of your Morning Drop. We're going to go to the comment section here and see what you all have been saying about this. Year two stars. P-Pass jumps in to start us off. Coy Moore catches a touchdown late to win versus LSU. Starts the steam rolling. I what like game, this. What game is LSU for us? What number game is that? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not looking at the schedule. Somebody uh, hmm. hook us up here and, and let us know. Let me see. I actually, I, I happen to have... Auburn on my other tab over here. LSU is game number uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, six. Right after Georgia, we we make the trip to Death Valley. Okay, okay, huh? That's that's unfortunate, you know, Tommy. But you know, it's cool. It's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's the thing: I like Corey Moore catching a touchdown late. I hope it's not the winning touchdown late. I hope he scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter to break all hopes of them coming back. Like this Mm -hmm. puts it in like a three score situation, right? Like I don't want no close games against LSU, no matter how good they're supposed to be next year. Screw those guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two QBs, Chris Sanders will be the breakout. So we're talking about breakout guys, or maybe he was just correcting me and saying, Hey, you forgot about the two quarterbacks. That's possible. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I possibly did that, but I definitely did do it. It's right here recorded for the record. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is what it is. 
Uh, Aunt Robinson joins the conversation, says, I like Austin, Brown, and the whole O-line. Uh, no O-linemen are going into year two here uh, as far as playing experience. Um, I don't think there were any linemen in that previous nah, class. EJ Harris. Um, oh, EJ Harris was originally, but I don't but know. But he didn't EJ get on Harris. the field. Yeah, so I listen, here's the thing. I said this before. I literally don't have the first clue what to say about evaluation of that talent, right? right. EJ Harris could be a monster and just never had an opportunity with the previous staff uh, because they felt like maybe his body type wasn't there yet. He didn't have the experience, whatever it could be. EJ Harris could be a sleeper out here. They brought all these guys in. Um, Coach Hugh Freeze was down at the Senior Bowl uh, um practices this week and he he talked with some media members and I saw a quote of him talking about the um them still wanting to add talent to both of the line line rooms he's saying that they just weren't in a good spot as far as those rooms were concerned as far as talent and uh stating that you know he's not guaranteed anybody any playing time but you know you don't bring transfers in with the thought process that you're going to sit them Right. Like he didn't right. say, all right, I'm gonna bring this transfer person in, but they're gonna be my backup. Right. Like you bring them in because you hope that they can start immediately because they have that experience. And what he was hoping for is experienced, talented people so that he could have time to groom the guys that have less experience right. um to, to get on the field. Um, so I think it's gonna be interesting to see people like what what is EJ Harris? Is he a guy that just is a year away from being a two-year starter in the SEC? Right. His Redshirt, now sophomore and junior years, is he going to be this dynamic guy both of those seasons and then make the leap? Or is he ready to start as a redshirt freshman? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because, again, I have a hard time juxtaposing what I know from what I saw the first whatever games to the last four games of the season. I don't I don't know what to make of any of that. So uh, let's go with P-Pass again, jumping in, saying I think Coy Moore gets his guarantee. He becomes the trusted third down options. He's Renfro-like, but faster. So the guarantee he's speaking of, remember, you can go back and watch the building report from last preseason with Coy Moore saying he thought that there could be two 1,000-yard pass catchers in an Auburn uniform last season. Woefully did not reach that goal, but he feels confident about that. Coy, if you're out there watching, man, come back and holler at us. New season, new system. Are you feeling the 1K mark in your grasp this year? I want to come. I wanted him to come back and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that would be cool. I want to know how he feels about this offense versus how he felt about last season's mm. offense. That's that's what I would want to know. I know he he was he really liked Coach um, Ike Hilliard and a lot of all the wide receivers did, man. So I'm I'm sure that Ike Hilliard just had their confidence high based on what, you know, could happen and it didn't transpire that way. So I want to know if Coy feels just as positive this year once he's gone through the spring because, you know, he hadn't seen the offense yet. But once he goes through the spring, I'd like to talk to him about it. Yeah, definitely want to hear something from Coy again this offseason. He was a a, a good guy to talk to. Um, James Sawyer jumps in and says, that would be poetic justice for Coy to catch a touchdown at Death Valley this season. I am rooting for this so hard. Coy Moore was talking so much junk in that game last year. Mm -hmm. I I have been going back through cutting up film uh, 
you know, I did, uh, if you guys didn't see, there is a video on the channel of the top nine. Yes, nine, because his number is nine throws from Robbie Ashford last season. One of them was a throw to Coy Moore. Mm -hmm. But in order to go find those throws, because I literally have, and we're going to do that as a watch the film uh, either next week or the week after, I have literally every single throw that Robbie made last season mm -hmm. on a, a cut-up. So I cut up every throw that he made the entire season. We're going to go through that in a watch the film session. If you're not a member, watch the film is something that we do with our members um, and we're going to go through all those throws. But it, in doing that, I found a lot of tape of Coy Moore jawing with people during that <laughs> game. And it was very fun to watch. I was enjoying it thoroughly. They were talking back, too. You know, these, these former teammates used to go against them in practice. They probably couldn't hit him for real. And there was, you know, uh, the whole he was better than Kayshawn Boutte thing or Booty, excuse me. He has uh, corrected and said his last name is Booty. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, that whole thing came out before the game and people were all fired up. It was interesting to see that energy play out on the field. I wonder what it's going to be like now in the second season of him going. And then we got Demario Tolan on the squad as well now. Oh, yeah. So, um, oh, that's going to be an extra salty game. Yeah. Ooh, wee, that's going to be a salty game. Yeah. Okay. The, the LSU game and the Ole Miss game, I expect there to be a lot of extracurriculars happening during those two games this season, more than in previous years. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. We got P Pass, who well, I tried to click it and it didn't work. There we go. Uh, it won't happen, but if Coy throws to beat LSU, we're winning the Natty. I don't want to see another wide receiver. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I would prefer not to have to see that. Yeah. It, yeah. It, well, let me let me not say that. It's not that that's a bad play. It was a terrible decision by Coy to, to make the throw in the way in which he did. Mm -hmm. And I don't like the play call in that situation of where we were on the field. Yeah. Um, it just, the field was condensed, so you didn't have a lot of room for guys to like really get their eyes in the backfield as the play developed and a guy to sneak down. It's just, there was a lot I didn't like about that play call in that scenario. Um, I just want to, I just want to beat the brakes off people, man. I just, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to gadget play them. I want to line up and move the ball down the field and, right. and take people's will away. You don't want that to be necessary. Nah, right. man. Nah. Yeah. yeah. If we I'm doing that, I want it to be in, like, I mean, so I, I'm disrespecting LSU a little bit here because I remember how close that game was for us. Right. Um, and so, like, I, I was about to say, I don't want to be against LSU. I need to be against Georgia or Bama, a team that I expect to play for the national championship. But LSU did win the West. So that's, that's slightly disrespectful to LSU right. for me to say that. But again, I feel like we should have won that game last year. I don't feel like LSU was heads and tails better than us in that game. No, they were. So, so yeah, I, I feel like we pull out the gadget plays for a team that you you should be undermatched against. Georgia thoroughly dominated us in that game. Bama thoroughly dominated us in that game. Yeah. So, gadget plays are for them. LSU, go beat them, bro. Line up and go beat them. I expect them to fall back to the pack a little bit too, LSU. So I, I really expect that to be a good test of of where we are um, before we get into the, the the biggest part of our schedule. All right, uh, let's get into the next one here. We've got James McAlpine. I haven't seen an O-line from AU since the likes of Reese Dismukes and the big athletic left tackle whose name escapes me. Sean um, Coleman. 
I'm pretty so sure Sean I, Coleman. That yeah, was, it's been yeah. a long time since we could tout uh, offensive line talent from Auburn. Uh, it's something that Coach Jake Thornton and company have a lot of work to do. Kendall Simmons is still on the staff. I expect him to do some great work with those offensive linemen. I expect the offensive line to be better this year. I expect the last four games of last season to carry over into this season, and I expect the pass blocking to be better because the scheme is going to be more conducive to what we're going to need to do offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, that should be a battle in the spring. Right. That should be a battle. I, I, I'm one of those people who, if you are an incumbent and you saw them bring in transfers, you should welcome that competition and feel disrespected and be out like, okay, cool. Everybody's super excited about Gunnar Britton. I'm taking his snaps next year. Right. Dylan Wade's this beast. Oh my goodness. He's going to be the left tackle starting next season. Got you. I'm yep. coming for that spot. Ah, oh, man, you could pencil Jeremiah right in. What? Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. That's how I would want them to come out with that kind of energy and, and do that in the spring. And if it doesn't work out and you're like, man, I feel like I outplayed him in the spring, then hit the transfer portal. But don't predetermine you're going to hit the transfer portal today right. because you feel like they've penciled somebody in. Pencil can be erased. Right. Right. That's a good point. You can improve, man. A, a, a being challenged brings out the best in you. And it's not just sports competition. There's a lot. <laughs> I mean, hey, we have gone, hey, we need to go harder because we don't like the way this is looking. Let's come up with a way to do this. And it, it makes you better, man. It makes you better. And hopefully these guys take it to heart and they take that challenge on. But I don't think there's any way any of them didn't know that we were about to stock up after what was going on here. I think everybody was aware of what was about to go go on and i think everybody's down for the competition in the spring you know mm-hmm. after the spring you got to do some math about what your your prospects are to play right. and figure out if you want to wait a long time you're going to wait a short time and if you're too deep then you got to stick around right i mean you you are one listen, ankle away yeah, from playing one listen man i mean anything if you're in the too deep, you definitely do need to stick around. I mean, but there are probably some guys who are so buried on this depth chart mm. and have been for so long that they probably feel like they're not even getting an honest look. Um, and that's fair. But the question you have to ask yourself is, am I not getting an honest look or am I actually less talented than the guy that's playing in front of me? Right. 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 Like, am I re- literally getting whooped in one-on-ones every day mm-hmm. or – Man, I'm having good reps out here, but nobody's paying attention to it, right? Because right? I'm playing, you know, third string, and they're not allowing me to go against the big boys or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. So, you know, again, make honest evaluations and determine: is it better for me to just stick it out here because me, you know, yeah, I could go to the Sun Belt and play today, but it's going to be the Sun Belt, right? So, yeah. we'll see. Uh, let's see. Next up here, P. Pass jumps back in. War Report fam needs a road trip four hours west. Need to visit the live tiger too. So Ike has made that trip. I have. I made it um year before last when we were mm-hmm. there, of course, um, to Death Valley. Uh it was a good trip. They have a nice stadium. Listen, LSU, not broken ugly. <laughs> not broken ugly. They definitely have ah. nice uh Beautiful stadium. Um, looks like they spent a lot of money on the things that they put together for, mm-hmm. for Death Valley. Not broken ugly by any means. Yeah. So that ought to let you know, I'm not just a hater for hater's sake. Ole Miss is really just broken ugly. Anyway, um, 
Aunt Robinson says, what do you guys think of think, think Jay Fair will do? He showed promise in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I'm, I think we, we, we are all in agreement that Jay Fair has some incredible potential. It's just how do you, does he carve out enough room for himself in this offense with what we've got big body wide receivers. We know Hugh Freeze likes those. What is the passing game going to necessitate? And is Jay Fair going to be one of the guys who checks one of the boxes of whatever the passing game needs? And that's really what it comes down to. It's not that he's not good enough to be on the field. I think if he was probably our starting slot, then he'd be outstanding there. But there's another guy already there. There's other wide receivers that are ready to get some some catches as well. So um, it's going to come down to kind of circumstance and in, in, in how all this shakes out. But I'm I'm ready to see him get some good looks too. Um, and maybe next year, maybe 2023 is when he starts and 2024 is when he really gets a, a bulk of the workload at, at slot position once Javarius Johnson has graduated. Yeah, so I think Jay Fair is a guy, I've, I've said this many times, who's super intelligent. Um, I look for him. So, so there's two parts to this, right? It's whether or not the quarterback can absorb enough for the offense to be complex and whether or not your wide receivers are ready to take that leap as well. I think Jay Fair is one of the guys who can absorb the complexity of an offense and be ready to be wherever the coach needs him to be. Yeah. Um, you know, he wide receiver room gets a fresh start. Right. The mm-hmm. brand new position coach in there in the room. There's not really a carryover for your room for anybody to have any favorites right now. Right. They can turn on the tape and see some things and they're going to see some great things from Jay Fair if they turn the tape on. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they're going to see some things that he needs to work on. They're going to see some things that are, are really good from him. But I think that you could say that literally about everybody who was in that room last year. And because I have such a high degree of confidence in his intelligence i think that he can race to the front of the pack in just what he knows in the film room Mm -hmm. and then he's going to work his butt off uh when it gets to being on the field and and being precise yeah so looking forward to seeing because i think that's what you're going to need you in this offense you're going to need talent and precision not just i can run fast like i can run fast and i know where i'm supposed to be and i understand you know, if we're going to pick up the tempo of the offense, I understand how to get there. Uh, you know, from looking at his high school stuff a little bit, he already ran an offense very similar to what he would be running this year. So it's mm-hmm. not as if he he just he's really reverting back to what he knew a little bit more. So I think he's going to have a leg up in that way as well. So looking forward to seeing what he's going to do this year for this team, um, hoping that he gets an opportunity to go out there and show what he's got. Yeah, for sure. All right, next up, we have uh, someone's bringing uh, the other tackle uh, being Greg Robinson, Jamal mm. Pye says there. That's right. It was Robinson in 13. It was Sean Coleman in 14. I think Coleman was the left tackle in 14 and 15. But yeah, Robinson had an incredible red shirt sophomore year and got up out of here after that 2013 season. And Sean yeah. Coleman was a good, he was a, a good left tackle for us. Now, he wasn't quite the, the power run blocker that that Greg Robinson was. That's what Greg yeah. Robinson was built for. But yeah, man, he was. Uh, we had some some good left tackles for about three seasons straight. Yeah, and then Ghost Town. Yeah, <laughs> Joshua Jordan jumps in with all the QBs having a clean slate. Do you think people are overlooking TJ? If people think Holden can be successful, why wouldn't TJ? Great question. Hmm. You want to start this off, and then I'll um, give my thoughts. Well, for for, for one thing, TJ can definitely do more than he did or play better than he did behind a better offensive line. And we have plenty of reason to believe that this offensive line would be better. So 
that let's, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that he could play and compete for the job and play well. However, TJ also kind of, I don't, I want to use the right word here. He made himself unavailable at the end of last season, and it mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily the injury by the end of the season. Right. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to use the Q word because I really don't know the exact circumstances of the situation. He wasn't here in the fight with everybody else when it was ugly. It was really ugly. And and some of some of the things going on behind the scenes got to him. And hey, Robbie wasn't taking visits to Ohio State and, and taking pictures and putting it on social in the offseason. TJ was. Mm. So he stepped away from the program, did some shopping, and I think that's that some of that we're assuming we don't really know if he's here to play or if he's here to fulfill his his scholarship um his his academic requirements so that he can find another opportunity i don't think and again well kind of what started that middle of the season when things were going bad he kind of retweeted some material talking about how how bad the offensive line was right the locker room factor for tj is an issue and if the coaches know that if the players that are still here know that i i don't know I do. I'm not telling you that he, this is absolutely a, a sure thing. I have no idea if TJ is really here to be a part of the program, and has he has been received with open arms. Mm. Because of that, I I don't think that we can necessarily count TJ as part of this competition. I think it's Robbie Holden and Hank Brown. I think that's it. I think we got a three man room right now, and until we see something different, now if they say they started scrimmages. In spring practice, and, and TJ was starting on, on either team, okay, that changes everything. That's some different information, and that's some different circumstances. But right now, I don't think we can assume safely that TJ is legitimately a part of a competition coming up. Okay, so I'll, I'll answer the question in the two parts that were asked. With everybody having a clean slate, do you think people are overlooking TJ? People overlooking TJ 1,000%, right? If there's such a thing as a 1,000%, I don't think most fans are giving TJ a thought, right? Like, if TJ had finished the season on the sidelines and done all of the things that B-Will, had had not done all the things B-Will said, people would still be like, nah, to TJ. Because they didn't like the product. They didn't like TJ before they saw the product on the field. Let's start there, right? right? So then you see the product on the field and he has all the interceptions early in the season, comes back in after the injury, fumbles literally the third play that he's back in, and then you don't see him again after Ole Miss for the remainder of the season. TJ would already be an afterthought in most Auburn fans' minds just based on that, right? right? Like, let's none of the -the off-the-field stuff happens. Just based on that, TJ would be an afterthought in most of their minds. Um, so are people overlooking him? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If people think Holden can be successful, why wouldn't TJ? The answer to that is there's no reason that if Holden could be successful, TJ couldn't. TJ has an equal amount of arm strength. He's a bigger body guy. Um, he has more experience. He ha- he can make all the throws on the football field. The questions about TJ are not about his ability to stand in the pocket and deliver. It's about his ability to not make the mistakes that have plagued him his entire career. Yeah. At LSU, he was throwing interceptions all over the place. He right. comes to Auburn, he's throwing interceptions all over the place. Right. That's TJ's biggest issue from a football standpoint. Right. But then you compound that with the off the field stuff of him being not as mature as you would want on social media with mm-hmm. his practices. And then, you know, the 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 things that make people feel as if 
TJ is not a team first guy mm. when it comes to, you know, not being there with the team. And there's a lot of reasons for why that is. I'm not going to get into all of that stuff because that's not really my business to share. Um, but that aids in the perception. So the question is whether or not, and, and you articulated this perfectly, B, whether or not this spring is about TJ really trying to earn back the trust of the players on the team and earn the right to be a QB1, QB2 guy in the locker room from the coaches? Mm-hmm. Or is it just about, I'm here to work out, make sure that I keep myself in a good space um, at you know athletically, finish out my academics so that I can transfer somewhere else. Right. That's a question that TJ has to answer for himself. That's not something that we are going to be privy to until we see the results of that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I will say is I don't wish anything ill upon TJ. If he is ready to come in and play, I want him to be a player because I actually still think TJ is super talented. Yeah, I still think he's super talented. Yeah. I've, I'm not backing off of his talent. I do need to see some productivity on the field so that he can be a guy that the coaches can trust and the players can trust in big spots. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. We'll see if he can be that guy. All right, we are about to get out of here. We appreciate you all jumping in. It's been a great conversation today. We appreciate you guys. We'll holler at you later. War Eagle. Peace. Peace. Drop.